Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating a faith crisis is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. So then, in the metaphysical sphere, the mystic is the one who feels that everything that happens is in some way harmonious, is in some way right, is in some way an integral part of the universe. Now when we transplant or translate that into the moral sphere, the sphere of human conduct, the equivalent is this. There are no wrong feelings. No wrong because everything we're talking about, in other words, we're not asking you to face the reality, we're asking you to use your imagination. We're asking you to contour your thoughts in order to produce feelings. There are no wrong feelings. Use your imagination, contour your thoughts in order to produce feelings. Someone said that religion is for people who are afraid of hell. And spirituality is for people who've already been there. Your whole countenance here as we are visiting with you is, this is hard or I'm not doing it. And while that is the reality that maybe you've been living, it's not the whole reality. Because sometimes it isn't hard and often you are doing it. And so you just have to decide how you want to feel. When you feel a little negative emotion, if rather than saying, I need to change this thought or I need to bridge this belief, if you would say, I want to find a thought that feels better right now, right now, right now, right now. If you've adapted to not feeling good, then this isn't going to work for you. Never tell me the odds. This is Infants on Thrones. Baby steps. Who wants someone to preach to? The philosophies of men. I like magical toys. Who wants religion to Mingled with humor. I don't believe in them. There will be many willing to preach to you the philosophies of men mingled with humor. We are evolving. Baby steps. You can buy in this world of money. the good in everything look for the people who will set your soul free it always seems impossible until it's done look for the good in everyone welcome back to infants on thrones i'm glenn ostland and this is episode 716 Navigating a Faith Crisis in Real Time, Part 5, with Reed Christensen. Now, this is the final episode in this five-part series, and I hope it's been as interesting and meaningful for you to listen to as it has been for both Reed and myself to participate in. Now, once again, I cannot thank Reed enough for his bravery and vulnerability to open up the way he has on this podcast. And I think we wrap it up very nicely today, but this isn't really the end. On April 4th, Reed will be joining me as we start a group coaching course that is designed like a workshop or like a reading group to take any of you who want to participate through the books and the messages that Reed and I have been discussing over these past five episodes. So it'll work a little bit like this. Those of you who sign up for group coaching will get a recording each week. Now these will be private recordings shared only among members of the group and they'll contain various excerpts from these texts along with reflection exercises 
and other goodies that we'll bring into our group coaching sessions, which will be held every other week. It'll be a great place to interact with like-minded people and work on areas of your life where you'd like to feel less stress and anxiety, a greater sense of self-confidence, and more peace of mind. So please take a few minutes to fill out the survey if you're interested, or email me at infantsonthrones at gmail.com. And now, here is part five with Reed. Enjoy. All right, welcome back, Reed. This is our this is our fifth and final session for now. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shut the door on it completely, um, <laughs> but we're gonna be moving to some uh, group coaching that we're gonna be doing through uh, Patreon starting in April, and you're gonna be part of that. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. And and so I've got a handful of people that have also expressed some interest. So now at least I know we'll have like four or five people starting out in April, and then uh, others who want to join can join along the way or do whatever you want to do. But um, we're going to focus tonight on the question that you asked me at the very end of last week. You wanted to know why you get triggered. You really Correct. wanted to know why you yeah, got triggered. No, and, and so we said, let's, let's focus on this Michael Singer, the path of uh, surrender and take it away, Reed. Okay. Well, you learned. Um, so we've gone through letting go, we've gone through inner size mm -hmm. and, you know, those are all great, but I think this might be my favorite. Yeah. And by uh, the way, the, the, the group coaching is going to focus on those, you know, like similar things that we've talked about pulling out bits and pieces of that and kind of like a focused way. Um, that's going to be kind of our curriculum. So you're getting a, a sneak peek. Which makes, which makes a lot of sense because I feel like I could study this forever mm -hmm. and not get to the bottom of it. Right. Um, I listened to it twice, the second time a little bit faster, but uh, because I need to get through it again. Um, but it was it just, uh, it was another, I mean, it brought up a lot of questions at the same time. Um, but overall, I, I was just blown away by it. And I don't want to, you know, use these superlatives too much because I know I, I tend to do that. But um, it, the, the only way that I could describe it was that uh, it was like listening to the original gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> And, and that's hard for me to say. Yeah, I'm sure. Because I don't know of a, a set of magic syllables, like the words Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. that set off that trigger Yeah, for me. Because I feel, you know, it, it, was, it was something that I, I felt very, you know, the whole, the whole church experience, you know, as anyone who goes through a faith crisis, it feels like a betrayal of your trust. And, uh you know, I thought I had these feelings about Jesus Christ through, you know, through the elevation emotion. And so I had, I had these real, this kind of, you know, I'm, you're, you're, when you're in the church, I guess, when you're trying to actively believe everything and do what you're supposed to be doing, you're supposed to have like this, this relationship with this kind of imaginary being, you, you never met him, but you're supposed to have like this deep, really strong relationship with yeah. with Jesus Christ. And it's all about this. Yeah. This just 
you know, kinship or brotherhood or whatever, whatever, but he's, he loves me so much and I'm going to do whatever I can to please him kind of. So, and then when you, when, when, what part of the faith crisis experience was really studying Christianity and uh, kind of where it came from and, and how it developed and Christology and historical Jesus and all that, all that sort of stuff, which was as shocking as anything else that I experienced with discovering things that I didn't know about Joseph Smith and all the stuff that he was up to. So, um, so the way Michael Singer, he does talk about God. He does talk about, he talks about Buddha. He talks about Jesus Christ. Um, but talks a lot about science. Yeah. He talks about science. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, there was like his description of the creation of the universe was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, it's like, like something I, that you would hear from uh, like on, on Cosmos or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Yeah, well, yeah. But he did it. Uh, he just did it so well. Hmm. And uh, and he brought it all back to the moment, like this moment in time, this this um, like everything that you're looking at it it all came to this point in time based on 13.8 billion years of of stars exploding and imploding and creating all these elements and here you are you get to enjoy it and what are you worrying about you're worrying about like should i get a new car you know (laughs) yeah or do i look fat in these jeans or yeah just (laughs) like these stupid things and um but yeah I, i i don't know how else to describe it besides that it was like the un it was like the unfiltered, pure gospel of uh, happiness or something. Mm. Um, well, that's interesting because in earlier, when, when we were messaging on Facebook, you told me that you really liked Michael Singer because he reminded you of Larry David. <laughs> and so I've never thought of a Larry <laughs> David version of Jesus, but I, I, you know, I don't mind. Well, there is a funny video on Amazon. We watched it back when I was at TBM. It was like the gospel of Matthew or something. Mm. And the guy that was playing Jesus was like this New York guy. He was, had this really strong, he must've been Jewish, you know, Mm. and he was just hilarious. He was just, he he had to be Jewish. It was, it was so (laughs) fun. And we, I loved watching it because he was like this Jesus that was like funny and just like out there. And, um, but so yeah so that jesus christ that is a triggering triggering word for me for sure probably more than seeing a temple or seeing a picture of russell and nelson um but for some reason that one kind of it was just uh something i didn't want to talk about or think about or you know anytime i'd hear anyone bring up those two words was kind of a ouch yeah uh moment um but I, I think, I mean, as he kept talking, it was like, there's so many things that Jesus was saying that was. Now, I don't remember him talking about Jesus very much. Like he might have mentioned him once or twice, but like, what, what, why was it? So I'm finding it interesting that you recognize that Jesus, those words, Jesus Christ are triggering to you. And yet you're the one that's bringing that up and making this connection. That's coming from, from you. It's coming from my Sam Scars. Oh, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what, yeah. it, but when you think of, I was just kind of brainstorming, but you know, what, what he talked about a lot is like when thing comes, when, when the outside world 
whatever's happening comes into contact with your junk, I think is what he called it. Like the stuff inside you that's blocking that energy, whatever experience you had from your past that's created some sort of um, samskara or what, you know, some sort of um, barrier for the energy to flow through you. So I couldn't help but think about like, you know, how many people when they, um, like there's, we just watched murder among the Mormons, you know, and, and there's a story about, you know, the father of, of Steve Christensen, Mr. Mac, the guy, the suit seller guy, he bought all the clothes and all the missionary stuff for, um, for Hoffman's son, Mark Hoffman's son, when he went on his mission. And I was like this great story of forgiveness. And, and I, I, I truly thinking back on it, I, I mean, there's things within the church that I think were, that are true in terms of that forgiveness. Um, I think as people tried to, when they would pray and try to rely on the atonement, I think what they were doing was, was releasing some of these samskaras um, that were kind of blocking the energy uh, or the ability to love someone. Um, and so, so that's why I can't help but just think about, okay, well, some of this is really, you know, or like him teaching us that we should be like little children. Isn't that yeah. the same thing as when you were a little, ch- and it's funny because I think the church has bastardized some of the stuff that where it's like, no, he's teaching that we should be obedient because children yeah. are so obedient. And it's like, I don't think so. Now I'm thinking, no, he was teaching us that we, when we're children, we don't have same scars. There's nothing, we're not, we're not really afraid of all these things that have come into our life and, and, and the, 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 like the concept of being born again. I mean, this feels like I'm being born again in terms of uh, I've built up all of these things over my life, these different samskaras. And now it's like, I have to clear them all out in order okay. to, to be a different person, to be the person that, you know, feels like this, this love, this unconditional love. And so I just, I couldn't help but go there. And it was helpful for me to hopefully bridge the gap with the trigger of the words, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. So you, you said the word samskara, I think four times and uh, let's, let's define it. Okay. Um, so that people who are listening to this understand what the hell you're talking about. This word <laughs> samskara, what, what, what is it? How, okay. how do you view what a samskara is based on what you heard Michael Singer say? And this, this really puts me out of my comfort zone because you just asked me something. I've listened to something once or twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second time at double speed. Yeah. But I think but, I but have... it clearly means something to you. Yes. Yeah, so, so like, I, I'm not looking for the right answer, Reed. Yeah. I'm looking um, for how do you understand what this concept is? When you use the word, what are you, what are you thinking of? Okay. So as we go through life, our, our subconscious records everything and we associate good things with certain objects or certain experiences and bad things with certain objects and certain experiences. Um, and so let's, you know, some of the things he, he gave an example of like a snake, mm. you know, you, you had a bad experience of snake and you see a stick and you think it's a snake and, and that's, that's you doing that. That's, that's a Sam scar. Like you, you have this fear that I think, and I couldn't help but also think of the amygdala and mm-hmm. all of that sort that whole network that's working to, you know, uh, save you from, from danger. So um, that's a whole different subject, but you have all these, these images and he, I loved his, the way he used um, a old plat, the old plasma TV screens. Right. 
how if you you had burn in effect and you couldn't see the you couldn't see the screen except through this like fuzzy weird like it's you know, frozen and it, yeah you can kind of see it right there so you kind of see both so your whole worldview is filtered through these old experiences yeah and um some some of them are good some of them are bad and and what's kind of fun is i started you know just before we started recording is listing out some of the things that i experienced in my life that um that i carried on and and now I know like, that, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like today we had a guy come over and I always talk about my dog. I don't know why he's a puppy. We're trying to figure out how to, we don't, we've never owned a dog. So this guy came over to, you know, he was doing this you know, dog training stuff. He was gonna, you know, spend an hour with us and show us what he does. And, and he looked like someone that I knew from growing up and I didn't like that guy. He was mean to me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so guess what I did? Yeah. I looked at this guy and I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I want to use you as yeah. my dog trainer because of the way he looked. Yeah. So um, that was on me. That's my, that's a Sam Scara, I believe in terms of, I had a past experience with someone who had the same dark eyes, the same hairline. And I projected that bad experience onto this guy who didn't deserve it mm -hmm. and decided like, man, I'm, I'm going to pass on you. And I realized it afterwards. I'm like, well, geez, he's just a normal guy. He just happens to look like that guy. He's not that guy. Yeah. And um, yeah. So. Yeah. So, so everything that you said about a Sam scar, that's the way that I understand Sam scars as well. Um, it's, it's an accumulation of likes and dislikes and it, experiences that we've had throughout our life and because you you mentioned that the subconscious records everything and then the other piece of that is that all new stimuli that comes in is compared to what we've stored away in our subconscious mm -hmm. and so there's this comparison and you, you might remember in the in the letting go book with david hawkins and i i used this as part of that meditation thingy that was at the end of episode two, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the excerpt from the book where he talks about this study, I think it was gray and Laviolette or something like that, that where they um, memories are filed in our subconscious by emotions. So Singer mm -hmm. was talking about that too. And you mentioned that, that there's, there's experiences that you had, maybe it's with a snake and it scared you. So in your mind, that feeling of fear gets associated with that shape and wiggly thing. So that then if you see a stick out of the corner of your eye later and your brain just quickly does that comparison, it goes, oh, narrow, slender, cylinder thing, feeling of fear, here mm -hmm. you go. You know, and, and this, this stuff is just happening so quickly. We don't even think about it. Um, and so we form these samskaras, which I think of as neural pathways. Mm -hmm. I, I, so like that frozen plasma TV screen that you're talking about. And, and now when you're looking at the screen, you, you always see that little frozen image on there. I, I think of that as the way that a neural pathway is the way that our information is being communicated from one region of our brain to another in order to have a thought or an experience or a feeling or movement or all of our experiences of life go back to these neural pathways. So I, I think 
I think of a samskara as your set of programs that influence the way that you see the world. And when he's talking about energy and he's talking about clearing up, I, like from, a, from the perspective of neural pathways, I don't really know what that means because you, yeah. you're not going to get rid of neural pathways. You're not going to clear them out, but there might be some like habits that you've developed. Like um, I was talking with someone the other day that's, that says whenever they get around this, this person, they just complain about work. They're just complaining and complaining about work. And that's kind of become the basis of their relationship. And he decided you know what? I, I don't want to do that anymore. So when he was with this guy, instead of complaining about work, he was saying good things about work. And, and the guy's looking at him like, who are you? You know, <laughs> what's, what's going on? Why are you doing that? And, and so this guy was, was trying very consciously to change some of these habits, to change these neural pathways that he was going to focus on other things besides just complaining. And then the resultant feeling that mm. always associated the feeling. So he's, he was, trying to re-sculpt his brain in a way so that he creates these new habits. Um, that's kind of how I view what Michael Singer's talking about with um, clearing the samskaras, or you know, he talks about this method of relax and release. Um, when you're feeling, like when you've got a neural pathway that's been activated or the word that you use is triggered, mm -hmm. something triggers you and you go into that fight or flight mode, you start feeling fear and anxiety, Michael Singer's suggestion is relax and release. And it's not that different from what John Asaroff in Inner Size said to do those take six. Imagine that you're breathing in light, that you're breathing out right, right. anxiety, you're calming the circuitry, you're just calming down the, the, those neurons, you're relaxing and releasing. And that the more you practice, relaxing and the re releasing the the more those neural pathways will dissipate mm -hmm. you know not not be so like fight or flight amygdala kind of thing so anyway that's that's the way that i understand and it, it's been helpful for me to understand it that way so tell me tell me a little bit about what what has the impact been on you as you've been been reading this how, how have you seen this help you in areas of your life either at work, uh, with your family? Um, so first off, I think it's, uh, it brings a broader awareness to the, the, my, what I'm thinking in terms of judging people, first of all, yeah. um, like the experience I had today, uh, it's, it's, it's being able to observe yourself. I mean, that's what we're always trying to do is when you say today, you're talking on. about the, the guy who came over to train yes. your dog and you had that the, yeah. un, unfair response Yeah, no, to him. he looked like a jerk, yeah. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I guess when I say broader awareness, I'm saying a, a broader consciousness, right? This, mm -hmm. this ability to kind of look at the whole landscape instead of just this little spot in front of me and be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm doing this because of, of that reason. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's first what's going on in my head is that now I'm re-examining all these things that either I love. So we, we, um, we just booked a, it was so funny. <laughs> we booked a, a trip to Hawaii 
tickets dropped really cheap. It was like, okay, let's do this again. We can't, we can't get Hawaii out of our system or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it's with the kids. It's over spring break. And, um, and, and then as we listen to that, he talks about in like, you can never recreate, you know, the, the experiences you had in the past. And I, I totally get it. If we go back, it's not going to be the same and we're going to be disappointed because we, we want to, we think that we'll be happy only if we go back and, and repeat the exact same experience and it's mm. not going to happen. It's probably, we're probably going to go back and we're going to see flooding and like everything that's going on right there right now. You know, there's, it was hilarious because my wife was listening uh, as we were walking and, and we just laughed because it was mm. like, well, I guess we blew that, you know, in terms of us trying to, you know, recreate these experiences and thinking and he, he gives some really great examples of people, you know, uh, putting in a, a kitchen and they change it like 20 times and they go through yeah. all these contractors and they end up with the very first, because the, they're not going to be happy unless the external world looks exactly the way they want it to. Yeah. That, that was, that was one of my really big takeaways from, from this series, the path to surrender is that when, when we don't really understand our own mind, this, this system of Sam scars, these neural pathways, we think that we'll only be happy if the world lines up exactly matching what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. And so what he's trying to offer in there is a way to say, why, why don't you learn how to be happy in any situation? Right. So it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to match up. So, so you're not going to try to control everyone or manipulate everything to match what it is that you want. You, you realize Oh, the reason that I'm feeling annoyed right now is because of me. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. because I've got something in here that's telling me that what's going on outside is wrong. But actually what's going on right outside right now makes perfect sense. If you really look at all of the causal events that led to this moment to be exactly what it is, I'm just saying, well, it's not how I prefer it to be. Right. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. And so then you take that with the, um, you know, like I, I had a really great experience at this restaurant. And so I'm going to take all my friends. No, oh, you guys are going to have the exact same experience too. And it always falls short. I mean, that's kind of what you were talking about with the Hawaii mm-hmm. thing. So, so how do you, how do you then like knowing that, how do you still have a good time when you go to Hawaii in a couple of weeks? Uh, you just know that it's not going to be the same, you know, that it's going to be its own experience. And, and I, you know, I, really it's just going back to just being in the present being in the moment being just appreciating i mean when you're in hawaii you are blown away by the beauty of mm-hmm. you know this amazing island and uh i think it, it it would be the same thing i mean we'd see incredible beauty and just appreciate it and if it rains all the time and you appreciate that and and be happy that we're going to be playing cards inside or, you know, that we're going to be spending time together as a family and, and just, there's nothing you can do about, there's nothing you can do to change, you know, the world in order to make us happy. Yeah. It's never going to work. So, so you're, you're cured now. You're not going to be triggered by anything. Is that, is that it? Oh no. So here's the thing. (laughs) So like you, you, you listen to the book and you're like, okay, this is, this is it. This is the answer. <laughs> of course not. Of course you're not going to be cured from the triggering. I mean, as much as I, it, it really is now, okay, now I need to figure out 
And that's why I said, you could study this stuff all, you know, the rest of your life, I think, because, you know, after listening to it and it was like, okay, this makes so much sense. I still see a picture of, you know, whatever, uh, the temple or whatever. And it, and it, it still bothers me. And, or, um, you know, Murder Among the Mormons came out in the meantime. And, and so I was kind of watching that, but also listening and being semi-triggered by some of the stuff on there and being upset, you know, by some of the stuff they might not have put in the, in the show that I thought they should have or, but yeah, what's, so it's, it's going to be a struggle, but, um, but now it's kind of like, I know, I know the recipe and I, I now I just got to combine the ingredients and actually do the work. And what, what is the work? Um, like exercising it, doing, uh, recognizing what's going on when it happens and, uh, focusing on just like loving whatever it is. And that was something that I thought was really cool that he talked about was, you know, we have these, you know, these bad Sam scars, these, these ones that really are hurtful. And he talks about the song, hello, darkness, my old, my old friend. And you mm-hmm. treat it like a friend. You treat it like something that's like, let's have a party. Let's let me uh, celebrate, you know, that kind of dark, part of me or whatever that experience was and, and accept it for what it is. Um, which is kind of reminds me of shadow work or like that, mm-hmm. that, that concept, yeah. um, which was never part of my past. Right. I, yeah. I think that the church had me looking at everything as you have to be as positive as possible and you can never, you know, you don't ever want to engage with any kind of dark side of you. And cause that's the devil trying to influence you. And, um, so, so yeah, I mean, that's now it's kind of feels like, okay, now I have s- some broader um, context or some broader instructions on how, how I can handle some of these things. And it, it, I'm excited to, to yeah. unfortunately face some bad things that happen to me to make sure that I can work through practicing how I'm going to, to, to treat those things. I mean, it, it it's already happened. I had, um, I talked about the dog trainer today. Yes, yesterday I met with this old friend. I haven't talked with uh, from high school. I haven't talked to for I don't know twenty some odd years, and like this is the first time I get to talk to him. He's one of my best friends in high school, and you're talking, and he um, it was great. And then by the end, he gives me this this kind of sales pitch that he's now a financial planner, and what he'd like to me to do some financial planning and. And, you know, probably sell me some life insurance or something. And um, I have another Sam Scar and it is unfortunately salespeople because I was burned when I was in college by someone who's selling something and totally ripped me off. Mm. And I just swore off salespeople from then on. I was just like, these, I'm never going to be nice to these guys. And if, you know, normally I'm a nice guy, but get me in a car sales room. I'm just, I just hate it you know, and I hate the people and I just think they're slimy and, and I don't think that's all too uncommon, but my mom loves them. My mom falls for every salesperson that comes along. She just loves all salespeople. And I, I think it's kind of funny how we have very different Sam scars with, yeah. with salespeople, whereas I have this really, really negative, you know, reaction to them and she doesn't. And, and I shouldn't react the way, I, I mean, it really bothered me yesterday. I, I, all evening I was thinking about, that was just rotten of him to do you know, to the kind of like, oh, this is so great. How about we meet and let me do an hour long 
sales pitch to you about financial planning and how I can be your financial planner, right? And, uh, but I realized like, he's just trying to earn a living just like anyone else. And maybe he has some, some good stuff that, that I would benefit from. And, you know, I'm trying to like turn that around to be like, no, this is just, you know, this is just humanness, right? This is just yeah. us being human and earning a living. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, I think I, I think that's really interesting. So, so you you recognize that you had this experience in college where you really got burned. Yeah. So I, I'm going to assume by that that it was not a mutually beneficial relationship. No, no, no. Whereas you don't know with this friend that came in whether this could be a mutually beneficial relationship or not, but because it hits your stuff, <laughs> it yeah. it it triggers you. To think, eh, no, I don't, I don't want to get burned again. And so I am just going to turn away from this guy. And, and this, this is where I, I think there is such a beautiful synthesis between these three books that we've, we focused on the inner size, the letting go and this path to surrender, because you can see from three different angles, like what's going on mm -hmm. here, like how it is that this is a result of what your brain is doing. You're comparing, you're making this decision based on this old information that's in there. It's not based on what's currently going on. And right. it's not based what could potentially be a mutually beneficial relationship that you won't know until you investigate it, but it's determining whether or not you even want to and how you feel about the whole thing. And it's, it's one of these questions then, do you have control over that feeling that rises up when, when you're feeling triggered? Right. What, what, what do you do with that? Uh, right. That's, <laughs> that was the struggle I had yesterday was mm -hmm. how, how do I get rid of this feeling? And, and do I need to get rid of it? I mean, it brings up a lot of questions on. I like okay, that now? second question. Do you, do you need to get rid of it? Like right. When you understand why it's there, can you accept that there's very good reasons why it's there, even if it's an uncomfortable feeling to feel? Right. And, well, and it brings back, well, here's the other big question I had. Um, like, what is the difference between our intuition or that gut feeling? Because there's kind of that gut feeling reaction with that dog guy, right? Mm -hmm. The dog trainer. So what is the difference between a samskara and that gut feeling or that intuition that, that we're always kind of going off of? I almost would think they're kind of the same thing. Um, but I mean, so many people swear that, oh, just go on your gut feeling, right? Go what your, your gut tells you to do, but that's based on all your past experiences, really. Um, but maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe it's this magical energy that... Um, that, that he's talking about that I don't know that there's that it just brings up a lot of questions when 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 you start trying to apply it you start running into okay well, what about this you know yeah um, I think I think what you're asking is can you trust those gut feelings those instincts and and when you're asking what's the difference between of them and you're talking about magical energy, could you like, what, what do you mean by magical energy? Well, I, I can't help. Like what I really liked about the book is because for the, really, it really connect the symbol, the symbols that he uses um, with energy and blockages. I, 
just it just resonated with me really well. It, it I knew that that's not really the case, but boy, does what he talking was he talking about feels so real mm. in terms of the way our feelings feel and the way that there's this energy that kind of passes through you when when either something good happens or yeah. you know so the the way that he's using and the symbols that he's using just really spoke to me but at the same time i i do have in the back of my mind like well there is kind of like this energy that binds us all together that you know the, that is kind of a not magical but it's it's probably something we don't fully understand is based on our perceptions right this is bathing with god type type talk that i'm yeah that i'm kind of touching on but yeah i mean it it does seem very real it does seem like energy when you well, what, feel feelings or what, what are neurons and synapses they're energy right uh, yeah what what are what are atoms and molecules and cells yeah they're, they're energy and right. and mm-hmm. you know our our physical body I, you know like it all is at its fundamental nature energy that's expressing itself in this thing that we call a bone or skin or flesh or you know but but at that deep level, it is energy. And I know it can seem kind of weird to talk about and use it as a symbol, like energy that's flowing or energy that's blocking, but our blood is energy mm-hmm. that, that's flowing. And so if, if we have this, this system of neural pathways that are neurons and synapses firing and communicating through the brain, that, that is like an electrical storm. Right, yeah, I totally, yeah. totally yeah. buy that, yeah. Um, so, so the, the energy and remind me again, what, what did you say you were talking about the, the, the question that you had about this energy is a, intuition, gut feeling oh. is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. Cause you said, aren't they the same thing? I think so. Um, I, I think in both cases, I think, I think what happens all the time that we're just really aren't aware of is our subconscious is sending our conscious mind messages mm-hmm. because our subconscious is doing way more than our conscious mind is all the time. And when it picks up on, Hey, there's this thing out of the corner of your eye that looks like a snake. Um, and, and you start getting that feeling of like being creeped out. Would you call that a gut feeling or an instinct? or the way that you would react to something like that, like to, to jump or to move out of the way. Is that like a gut feeling or an instinct? Yeah, I would think that's an instinct. Yeah. Built on years of evolution of us trying to avoid snakes so we don't die. <laughs> yeah, and, and built on our own, you know, so, so there, there might be that kind of like, uh, I don't know, like a years of evolution where we're somehow accessing the memories of our ancestors. Is that what Mm. you're suggesting? Yeah, no, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what the mechanism for something like that would be. It's an interesting idea, but, but most certainly if you've had the experience of a snake, you don't, you don't really need years of, of uh, ancestors to know you've got that file filed away in your subconscious that -hmm. it's going to communicate something to you in the form that what might seem like a, you know, a feeling or a gut instinct or gut reacts, whatever these mm-hmm. words are that we're using. So what, one of the points that Michael Singer makes in the path to surrender is it, you know, he stopped listening to that because he realized that whatever his experience of the world is, it's such a small fraction of everything that exists in the world. 
And so, yeah, his, his subconscious mind is comparing what's in front of him right now to everything he's ever experienced in the past. But what percentage of that is, what would, would you say makes for a good decision? <laughs> you know, like he, he doesn't have a, a big enough sample size to make an informed decision in everything. He's just going by this limited experience that he's had in his life. So he pays attention to those feelings, but he doesn't put that much trust in, in them other yeah. than just like being curious that they're there, acknowledging that they're there. Um, but, but he's all about trying to get to that point where, where you can make a choice as to how you're going to respond to it instead of having the choice made for you because you're in fight or flight mode and you're just on automatic pilot, that sort of mm -hmm. thing. Right. Um, so yeah, we, we've been, we've been geeking out and talking about this <laughs> book more than really coaching <laughs> at this point, but, well, but um, yeah, what, what are, what are some areas? I, because I'm really interested. We, we talked, we spent a lot of time last week talking about your parents and yeah. this feeling that you have of, and, and you've talked about that this has been a common theme throughout these five, this fear and anxiety that you have about at some point, your parents are going to find out you're, you're not towing the party line. Mm -hmm. And that's something that has been really, really weighing on you a lot. How, how are you feeling about that? Now, I mean, has, have these things that you've read, have they helped you understand that? Uh, yeah, the, I, um, seeing that through the filter of this particular book has been very helpful. I wouldn't say, I should say helpful, but also there's some work to do. Um, it, you know, I realized in my perfect world, you know, they would validate me you know, this is kind of going back to uh, if the, if the external world can be a, a certain way, then I'd be happy. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was, that's what I wanted. And I think we talked about that. Then that's exactly what I want. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, I shouldn't expect it to happen. Uh, so, so I'm kind of, I'm approaching it more of a, okay, well, you know, and I think they're having the same, they have their own same scars, right? They, sure. they want, all of their children to be exactly the way that they have sacrificed their whole life to, to, to be like. Yeah. Um, and so I was uh, <laughs> really tempted and it'll, it'll probably happen within this coming week to just talk to my mom about everything and not my dad, because I know that I would throw him into a, uh, and you know, an anxiety fit um, just to kind of, uh, just talk to her about it. Just actually finally, you know, let them know. And um, I, I came really close today just to say, Hey, give me a call. But I, I didn't want to blow my brain before our conversation today Yeah, <laughs> because I did want to um, at least talk about this before my, I was totally distracted and my default mode network went to thinking about that over and over and over again. Cause that's what yeah. it would do. Um, but, but it's going to happen soon. I'm, and I realized that, unfortunately, I, I wish they could understand some of these concepts, that they could understand, you know, that they're never going to be happy if, you know, even if, you know, 
the world is exactly like they wanted. Everyone was Mormon and everyone was, you know, conservative. And, uh, you know, I think in their perfect world, that's what it would be like. And it's never going to happen. And, and I just, I don't know, I'm just ready. I'm, I'm just kind of tired of worrying about it. And I'm just ready to move on. And I, I accept whatever, whatever response they, they give me is, is perfectly fine that, you know, I'll, I'll accept however upset they are, or, you know, I'm going to love them anyway and, and know that they're, they're doing their best. So um, this, this book was definitely, well, it's not a book, it's like lectures, but it was, uh, I think really kind of getting me to that point of, of finally uh, talking it through with them and just, I don't know, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to be authentic and be myself and, and, and not worry so much about what they're thinking. You, you said that you're going to love them anyway that you're going to accept what happens and you're going to love them anyway. How, how do you do that? Like, like what, what is the way that, that you show love to them when you're also delivering a message that you know that they're not going to like? Uh, I would just, I would, nothing would, would change. Um, I would definitely, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't change anything the way we communicate, the way we, uh, you know, text each other, send each other funny things. You know, there's there's a lot of humor in the family text string. And I don't think I would stop. Obviously, I wouldn't stop any of that. It's been tempting at times to just just shut shut off any sort of communication in that because of some, some of it was triggering to me in terms of like, I was always anticipating this conversation. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to, you know, it just was not fun. Um, but I, I'm just anticipating just, uh, you know, when I talk to them, telling how much I love them, telling, you know, how much I appreciate everything that they've done, that the church has done for me, just being very appreciative of, of everything. Because I I think overall, I genuinely, genuinely am. I just have some same scars that are kind of hurting that a little bit. Um, but when I when I think about everything the church has done for me, I mean, it has done a lot. I think I find myself in a really great place right now because of the, the discipline it brought me and, you know, the the good friends and, and uh, the great family structure. And I have four kids. I would never have four kids had I not been in the church. Probably would have had one or two, you know. <laughs> but um, so there's a lot of good things that that. Uh, the church has brought to me that I need to be grateful for. And I'm, I, I really just want to get there. I mean, I, I'm so hungry to get to that point of just not feeling. And this goes all the way back to our first conversation. Yeah. Uh, not feeling that peace. And, um, and now I, f- I kind of feel like um, I can get there by just allowing the world to, to exist and, and do its thing and not, try to step in front of it and try to change it to it the way I want it. it it's not going to happen. And there, it's, it's just going to bring suffering and um, to myself and probably to others as I try to change them. So uh, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And, and um, yeah, it's been, it's been, how long have we been doing this? <laughs> like five weeks now or six something weeks or something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've come a long way. I, I, and I know that because I listened to that first conversation and I was just, it was very interesting listening to that and feeling like I'm, a, I'm at a different place now um, mentally. And 
and you know now I I, I do feel peace all the time and Ed, I would say um, as I've been meditating I get very for some reason and I was going to talk to you about this a little bit but I get very emotional mm. um, and just the sight like I was walking along the river and I saw there's just this beautiful part and there's just these little flowers coming up and it just sent me into this emotional tears and everything. Um, just this, the sight of these flowers, just how beautiful they were just tiny, but it's yeah. like the sight of spring. And, and, you know, you realize just how amazing this world is and how we just step on it when we don't even, I would have stepped on that flower in the past. I've just been like, eh, whatever. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm kind of in the space of, of really appreciating um, the world and who I am and, really uh just digging the fact that i'm in this i'm in the present that i'm not that you know this like michael singer said took like 13.8 million years to get to this point and um so i'm i guess i'm just more appreciative of uh, more grateful for everything um and i don't know when, when you feel those overwhelming emotions like looking at the beauty of the flowers and you feel yourself getting emotional how do you how do you feel like, how would you put the feeling that you're feeling in the language of David Hawkins on that map of consciousness scale? Like what, what types of emotions are you feeling? Oh, I would say, um, geez, I'm trying to remember <laughs> the emotions that he had. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like a love. Um, I, that's how I would mostly describe it. Um, it's, are you, uh, it's are you feeling, are you feeling any like guilt or shame or embarrassment that you're so emotional over flowers? No, because I'm alone. Mm. It's, there, okay. Yes. There's, there's like a little bit of me. It's like, what are you doing? Mm. This is weird. Why are you crying over a flower? Um, so there is sometimes that little bit of a, this is weird, mm-hmm. but you know, allowing it to just go through and just go through me. Um, I just let it happen. And, and I have this kind of weird distrust for that emotion uh, a little bit because I, I believe it's the, the elevation emotion um, that, you know, what I would have said is the, you know, back a couple of years ago was the Holy Ghost or the, the spirit, right? And, and I have this kind of distrust because it was like, well, this is testifying whatever it is, is true, right? This, this emotion. And now I'm kind of distrustful of, I don't know what, now I'm kind of like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to be learning anything about this right now. Maybe it's just uh, an emotion and it's a beautiful thing to feel. And yeah. uh, maybe I should just allow it to happen because it feels amazing. It's, 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 uh, you know, you feel so wonderful when it happens and, and not tie any sort of knowledge into it or any sort of like, well, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing this or, you know, this is telling me to do this or, you know, so I'm still trying to learn what, what that emotion means to me other than I like it. I, you know, I, I was so afraid when this whole faith crisis thing started that I was never going to feel quote the spirit again. Mm. I was never going to feel spiritual again because that's what they told you. You can't, once you leave the Holy ghost is going to leave you forever and you're going to be under Mm. the grasp of Satan and all that stuff. And I was scared to death and that I was never going to feel that again. It was, it was just, life was just going to be miserable. And now it kind of feels like I'm, I've been able to kind of recapture that through, through meditation and through some of this kind of just appreciating things and, and 
appreciating where I'm at and, and um, it's been, yeah, it's been great. I mean. All right. I want to, I want to wrap this up by quizzing you if I can. Mm -hmm. So when we started this, I had you fill out a survey. I asked you several questions and I'm going to ask you those questions again. I'm going to ask you to give me an answer. And I'm looking at your previous answer. I, and I just want to see if there's been any movement. Okay. So th these first series of questions, you're going to either tell me that you strongly agree or that you mostly agree, or maybe you're ambivalent, you're right in the middle, or you slightly disagree or you strongly disagree. So those are your five options. Okay. So strongly agree, agree. Okay. Yes. Yeah, strongly agree, agree. Mostly agree you know, ambivalent, you're kind of neutral, no real strong opinion, slightly disagree or strongly disagree. So it's a five point scale with the, the median right there at three in the middle. Okay. Okay. So meditation is a healthy practice. Strongly agree. Okay. So that has moved from a mostly agree to a strongly agree over oh, the last really? Interesting. five weeks. <laughs> Spirituality is a healthy way of looking at the world. Uh, I would say strongly agree. That one moved from ambivalent to strongly agree. Huh. Why do you think that moved? Um, I guess because of what I've been experiencing lately. It's, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. And it's a, a deep sense of peace and love and um, that man, What's better than that? <laughs> what, what, what is spirituality to you? Uh, I would say, uh, I would say a deep sense of peace um, and love towards other people and towards myself. Yeah. It, do you think that's how you would have defined it, you know, five or six weeks ago when you first filled this out? I don't know how I'd have defined it. I, yeah. The spirituality was a weird thing. It was just, mm. I, I don't know. I didn't know how to, Think of it, you know, think of it. Yeah. Except through those samskaras. <laughs> Except through the, yeah, it's a definitely a triggering world that yeah. has spirit in it. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Religion has an overall positive influence on the world. I would say if we're just talking religion and that's like, I have to, I have to say, um, I'm kind of been between strongly disagree and slightly disagree. All right. Well, you were slightly disagree last time. Okay. So you, you still have kind of a negative attitudes towards religion in general. You don't, you don't see that religion has had an overall positive influence on the world. No. And I, I admit, I admit that I read Sam Harris's book, Letter to a Christian Nation, and it just kind of screwed me over from that standpoint. <laughs> yeah, because that because then you've got this Sam Scar that says that religion, yeah, for for the whole world, for the whole scope of humanity, all the time is this thing that Sam Harris was talking about in this yeah. book, and he called it bad, and I agree with that, so it's just bad. Yeah, that's that. I immediately went on the internet trying to find some sort of rebuttal to it because i i didn't want to I didn't want that. I, I wanted religion to be good. And I, just I don't know that it is good. I mean, I don't know. I, it's, and there's not like a right or wrong answer here, but, but it's interesting from my perspective to look at this just from your mind where you're placing value, 
because th there is a trend, you know, you, you see meditation being healthier, you see spirituality being healthier, religion, uh-uh. So there's still something, there was something about those things that you were able to find more gratitude, more joy, more appreciation for, but religion, nah. No, so and there's I, still something about religion that you're just like, mm -mm, nah, well, get rid of it. That's what I think with this, um, with the Michael Singer stuff is, I felt like he stripped away religion from everything and just yeah. simplified it all. Yeah. And he gets rid of all the people that want power and money and, yeah. and all of this, the, the structure and the system built up around spirituality. And that's what religion is to me yeah. is just like the unnecessary structure. But at the same time, I, I back off. There's some good, there's some higher, you know, if the church wasn't as hierarchical, imagine a disaster. Like I'm going to be going to the church if there's a giant flood or, yeah, right. you know, those guys are going to be organized. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so I, I recognize there's value there, but yeah. Yeah. Hard for me yeah. So it's, there. it's a perspective thing. It's just a way of like self-realization recognizing, yeah, this, this is how you see religion and it's still, you see it as being more net negative than net positive. So that's, that's yeah. where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um. There is some kind of God or supreme intelligence in the universe. I would say, I would say mostly agree. Okay. So that, that has moved up from ambivalent to mostly agree. That's interesting. Miracles happen on a daily basis. Miracles. I just wonder if my definition of miracle back then was the same, but. I would say um, I'll say I'll say slightly disagree, but that's I have a I don't know I feel kind of like there's an asterisk with, with that one because isn't isn't this kind of a miracle that we're living in with the creation of every <laughs> I don't know yeah that's that's how I feel now is yeah that we are kind of living in this amazing right. world and universe and it's it's and nuts. I think what I think what you're recognizing as I'm hearing you say, I might put an asterisk on that because it has to do with the way that you're defining miracle. Like, well, yeah, what, yeah. what is it? And so if if you define a miracle through these neural pathways that say miracles are bullshit, they're just <laughs> things that people say in stories that aren't true. Right. Then that's one thing. But if you're looking at a miracle as like, wow, 13.8 billion years and every single particle is in exactly this place for this to happen right here, right now. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That totally, hundred like, percent behind that. Yeah, I would say strongly agree with that. Yeah, the the confirmation bias type miracles or the ones <laughs> yeah. you know that, that the, the church samskara. puts out there. It's the yeah. samskara at work. That's that's that baggage and that trigger around that word miracle. That you know, like in order in order for you to feel positive about that, it's gotta get, it's gotta be scrubbed. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. People who believe in miracles are setting themselves up for trouble. Um, and by the way, on miracles, before you said strongly disagree, this time you said slightly disagree. So there was a little bit of movement on that. One. Yeah. Well, and I would, like I said, put an asterisk and say, yeah, yeah. of course, if we're talking yeah. the world now, that's, that's a miracle. Uh, so this one was, say that again. People who believe in miracles are setting themselves up for trouble. Um... I would say I'm ambivalent mm -hmm. towards that. I think, you know, we, yeah, I, I would say ambivalent. I think there's some 
truth to that. There's the, that's a tough one. I, I'm struggling yeah. with that one. Well, not, there, that, there was there was some movement on that one too, because before you said you mostly agreed with it and now you've kind of like backed off on that a little bit, Okay. which, which the, the way I see it is that you're, you're wanting to be less judgmental to people who believe in miracles. You're wanting to be more kind and forgiving than before where you were kind of thinking, oh yeah, you're just fooling yourself. You're just, you know, because yeah. like in that mindset, you can tell there's a different feel of what the world is and you're in a different place now. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I would agree with that. That's yeah. probably true. Yeah. All right. I'm not going to read through all of these, um, but there's a couple that I'm interested in. I am a kind, loving, generous person. Um, I would say, I would say mostly agree. I'm not going to go strongly because that's just conceited, but, but I feel that way. Yeah. I, I, why, why wouldn't you want to be conceited on this? So, so you're saying that you, that you really think you really strongly agree with that, but you don't want to say that because that would be conceited. <laughs> Did I understand yeah, because that right? My, my wife will hear that and be like, well, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I feel um, lately I've been just feeling a lot more joy, a lot more love and just excitement to be alive, I would say. And yeah. I, that's why I, I hesitate saying, you know, kind of feel like strongly agree because i i don't i don't know own anyone it. That I, own it that I'm, yeah i, I don't own know it. of anyone that i i don't like or i'm mad at or um, kind loving generous there's nothing conceited about man, saying yeah generous, that's who i am i am not a generous person that's where i really struggle i'm an accountant and i <laughs> take, keep track of every penny i spend i'm so uh-huh. Uh, ridiculously cheap. All right. Well, we almost had some movement on that one. You, you mostly agreed the first time. You're, you're kind of debating whether to strongly agree with this one, but there's still something that's holding you back from thinking that you are as kind and loving and generous as maybe I'll you would say want to it, be. I feel much better than last time. I, I marked it in between there, so there's movement. All right. I'm more than just my physical body. I'm more than just my physical body. I am ambivalent towards that one. Yeah. And you were before. So that's yeah. interesting. That didn't change. Uh, I was wondering with the Michael Singer stuff, if that would have moved it at all. I mean, um, I, I get, I, I can see where I could change that, but um, I still feel like there's so many unknowns that I don't really feel like I can honestly say yes, you know, change that answer. All right. Um, it is hard for me to trust myself. Um, I would say uh, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm sorry. This is really hard, Glenn. I, I would say ambivalent. I'm, st- I still deal with some certain, certain things. I think you've seen that front and center with some of the, the messages that I've sent you <laughs> in terms of just the, um, you know, insecurities at times. Mm. So, so it's still hard for you to, to know if you trust yourself or not. You, you were ambivalent before, so there hasn't been any movement on this one. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably better. I mean, I, I was wanting to go to a slightly agree. Um, 
slightly agree that it's hard to trust yeah, yourself? I would say ambivalent to start. It's hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say. That one's a, that one's a really hard question. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not going to have a clear answer. Would, would you like to be able to trust yourself better? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what do you think gets in the way from you trusting yourself? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's, I mean, geez, you really, you really hit something. I, I don't know how to answer that. Okay. Um, I think because I've made some pretty major mistakes, obviously I think everyone has, it's hard to fully trust yourself. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm getting better and I'm, what does it mean to trust yourself? Oh, I guess to me, that means trust those instincts that we were kind of talking about earlier. Trust your gut feeling, trust, does trust does trust mean that you're going to do it right every single time? Um, I guess maybe that's how I was categorizing it as like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it this decision and, and it's going to be a good one. And I'm going to trust that I'm going to do the right thing. Um, so some of this is a little bit abstract for my accountant, small brain, mm. uh, but yeah. Okay. So, All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that one where it is. Um, yeah. I, I, I just want to ask a few more. Um, we're going to change the answers now to very satisfied, somewhat satisfied, indifferent, slightly unsatisfied, or very unsatisfied. Very satisfied? Yeah. Very okay. satisfied, somewhat indifferent, slightly unsatisfied, very unsatisfied. So okay. the same type of scale, but now we're talking about satisfaction. Okay. How satisfied are you? with your spirituality? Um, I would say um, somewhat satisfied. Okay. So that, that moved quite a bit because you were slightly unsatisfied last time. Yeah. So you skipped over indifferent up to somewhat satisfied. Yeah. Uh, how about your mental and emotional health? Um, I would say somewhat satisfied. That moved up also from slightly unsatisfied to somewhat satisfied. And then the last one, your self-confidence. Um, somewhat satisfied. <laughs> that also moved up from slightly unsatisfied to somewhat satisfied. So I'd say those three areas you've, you know, over the last five weeks, you've, you've grown in your ability to be self-confident. You've grown in your own view of your mental and emotional health, your idea of spirituality and what that means and how comfortable you are with that has also improved. Um, so this has been a really uh, interesting, fun exercise. I, you know, like you said, when we started talking about the Michael Singer stuff tonight, you know, you could spend a lot of time studying it. And it's uh, the, the way that I look at it because I've listened to that probably five or six times all the way through. I, I just love it. And I do get new things through it. Just like going to the temple. I always get something new from it. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I always did actually get new things going from the temple, but that's because I created them in my mind because I'm mm. very creative. But, um, you know, so what, what, where I see it is that this is just, it's the constant purpose of life now is to keep, 
like being aware, what am I doing? What am I doing with these neural pathways? Like, I know that I've got legs. And if I just let my, if I didn't pay attention to where I was walking, I'd be walking into things. I'd be kicking people. I'd be tripping all over the place. You know, like my right leg would be going one way. My left leg would be going, you know, like it's really important that I have intention when I exercise the movement of my legs. Similar with my arms. What about my neural pathways? (laughs) Am I just letting those things be programmed without thinking about it? Mm -hmm. And I'm just unconscious the whole time, just kind of letting it be what it is, bumping into mental walls all the time kicking people, lashing people. I don't really understand what I'm doing or am I going to get some mastery over what I'm doing with this, this other part of my body that's harder to really understand because it's so deep inside of my skull and it's energy. (laughs) It's it's like this weird thing. It's not as obvious as my legs, but that's, that's why I I love this work and the end coming out of coming out of Mormonism, where we have this architecture of neural pathways, these samskaras that were formed by our interactions with the Mormon church, the things that the Mormon church put in front of us that we said, okay, yeah, I'm going to believe that. Oh, no, I don't feel like that. I like that. I don't like that. Oh, I want more of that. I don't want more of that. It's the same thing as anything that's ever been put in, in front of us. Mm-hmm. The Mormon church was so pervasive, such a huge influence on our lives, but it's all been this give and take between us and that thing. And now are we, are we at that point where we can start to control what we're doing with our brains, the way that we would, how we how we walk, how we run, how we skip, you know, if we have yeah. to hear them or not. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, it, it takes work though. I mean, yeah, I, I told you, I, you know, this, this is, I, I had to skip very important TV shows um, for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the funny thing is like, here I am thinking that's like this big sacrifice or something. It's like, okay, well, obviously that was like worth it a million times over yeah. to, you know, do fill, you know, just learn this information about my brain and be able to overcome some, I, you know, I could have gone, the rest of my life without knowing this information and probably been pretty miserable Mm. or been not miserable, but just like, okay. Um, But I think the kind of the, the great, this is kind of like the good news, the gospel, like I said, it's like, Oh, this is uh, amazing information that can take me places. And it, it it is, I mean, you're right. It is yeah. the good news. It is the gospel. And when you look at the things that Jesus was teaching in the New Testament and the things that Buddha talks about and yeah. the things that are in like all of these old ancient traditions systems, like these wisdom systems that religions grow around, it's all this stuff. It's all about love, like learning how to forgive yourself, learning how to be more loving, learning how to let go of the the pride and the anger and the fear and the anxiety and, you know, fear, not have faith, this good news of salvation. You're not going to be, you're not going to be destroyed because of your sins. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, Uh, it's, it's crazy also to think how polluted it's become to me, how Mm. pure what you just said was. And then now it's just this thing to, 
to control people, to cause fear in them. You know, if you, if you don't pay your tithing, you're going to, you know, yeah. I, it's so sad to me. It's, yeah. it's it, it could have been this really wonderful, amazing, powerful tool in people's lives, but still can. Yeah. Oh in yeah. Yours. Still can. In yours. Yeah. And I want it to be, it's good stuff. And I shouldn't be, you, you, the, the tendency I think we all have is we want to throw the baby out with the bathwater with, with this sort of thing, throw yeah. Jesus out, throw everything out. Yeah. I don't ever want to, you know, think about a family forever again, or I don't know, just any of those concepts. And, and now I, I find myself, I got to let this stuff, some of this stuff back in the really good stuff, the meaty stuff. Um, as hard as it is yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you very much, Reed, for doing well, I, this. I can't thank you enough. I, I think I tried to communicate that in our message the other day. I don't know how to express that. Uh, it's been, you know, amazing, awesome experience. And I just am blown away by it every day. Well, you, you're awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm so grateful that you're, you were willing to do this and to take it with such honesty and had no idea, you know, like it's so nerve wracking to go into this and like, okay, we're publishing these things before we even know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. just this ongoing thing, but it's, it's been this really fun experiment, um, enjoyable. And I know this, this isn't the end because we're still going to be interacting and, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just we're just scratching the surface. We're just getting we're just getting going, right? No, oh, I can't wait. Let's All right, keep it going. Cool. <laughs> All right, thank you, brother. Thanks, Glenn. Talk with you later. All right. Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Hey there! Thanks for listening all the way to the end. Now, I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I have more to say about this topic, and I'm going to do that with a follow-up behind-the-scenes sharing time episode on Patreon. So, if you're in a position where you can throw me a few dollars each month to support the work that I put into creating this podcast, please come and support me on Patreon, where you'll also get access to additional content. Did you know that I also create sharing time episodes that are available only to Patreon subscribers? I've been doing that for a few years, so there's a lot of content there that you can have access to. So please come and support this podcast if you can. I greatly appreciate it. Hi, this is Hillary, Matthew, Ryan, Carol, Ashley, and I like to play bingo online while listening to Infants on Thrones. You can comment on this episode on the website, infantsonthrones.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the quorum a five-star rating and write a short review on iTunes. I did. I did. I did. Anyone for the closing prayer? My worst crime is an inside job. Dark thoughts taking over like an inside mob. I tune into the scene between the eyes and take a breath. Thank you for listening to Infants on Front. I sit still and watch the thoughts flow past me. Never mind the future, never mind what the past be. I like to jump and let the universe catch me. Three, four, watch the beauty blow past me. I keep my pockets like destination in sight. Keep my actions elevated to compassionate heights. I'm walking past the fight, laying